As English becomes increasingly important as a global lingua franca, we need to consider why it is that the rise of one language has caused so much controversy. How is it that English is widely championed as an essential attribute for successful participation in 21st century society, yet at the same time criticised for causing real social and cultural damage across the globe? Is English a force for good or a force for bad in the world today? It is a force for both. And it's down to every person who uses English to ensure that they use it as a force for good. But it really can quite easily be a force for uh, just another way of colonizing individuals and imposing power upon them. It doesn't have to be that, but it lends itself to it. It is the association with colonialism and the legacy of empire that is at the root of much of the controversy which the English language attracts. I love the English language and we divorce it from the empire. Well, the empire, I think, was brutal. And some of us had English down the barrel of a gun. If you look at my family, you know, we came from Africa. Some part of Africa we don't know because we were so brutalized that they wouldn't, you know, a slave, they mixed us all together and stopped us speaking our native languages and stopped us practicing our culture. So by the time you know, we settled into Jamaica, we didn't know what our original language was. But you know, you can take good things from it. I don't know, you know, I, I wish I would just receive it another way. But the English language, you know, I love it. Unfortunately, because Malaysia is an ex-British colony, there is this feeling of uh, elitism attached to English. Um, I've, I've experienced, as many teachers have in the playground, you might get uh, a couple of students talking together in English. They will be chastised by their peers. Why are you speaking English? You think you're better than we are. The government is trying to change that mentality and trying to ensure that people understand that it is the language of business and commerce, the internet. But still there is this lingering elitist kind of um, idea, particularly uh, among rural students. There is no way that we could have continued to have English and Afrikaans as the official languages of, of South Africa. There's no way. The constitution demands that uh, we should do everything we can to promote African languages in those areas in which they, they are predominantly spoken. And I think it was a, a stroke of genius to have decided to do that. The big challenge now is to make them work, develop them, and the constitution does make provision for, for, for the responsibilities of various tiers of government to ensure in the region in which a particular language has dominance or has a particular presence uh, to do something to, to um, uh, uh, promote the, the use of, of that, that particular language. In many countries, there is a concern that the dominance of English threatens indigenous languages. Everything has two sides. The learning of English uh, by the Chinese people uh, is for a very practical purpose. 
words, I think. Uh, English is a tool of communications, many people say. They say, uh, without a common language, we cannot join in the uh, globalization process. And uh, China's modernization really needs English. In this sense, English is a good force. But on the other hand, if we um, are not careful, you see, we might, as we might have already, you see, uh, well, develop English language learning at the expense of the Chinese language learning, the mother tongue language learning, you see. So I see this as a danger. And uh, uh, on occasions, I joined other scholars in appealing to the strengthening of the teaching of Chinese language. We live in an African environment. People speak African languages. They cherish them. They value them. But these languages have no market value or very little. And yet, if the people, if this democracy is to become anything close to real, it's got to be, amongst other things, through the languages of the people. And for that reason, the indigenous African languages have to be given market value. It's so easy to be seduced by the English language and to go with the flow. Because if all of us went down that path of only giving in to English, who would there be in the country then to take care of the national language and ensure that it also develops along the same lines? Fundamentally, what we were saying can be put in a very simple formula, namely that every South African needs to know, apart from his or her mother tongue, whatever it is, needs to know English as part and parcel of a global survival kit, as it were, for every individual in the world today. And in addition to that, a second important South African language. In other words, a multilingual policy, language policy, such that if two South Africans meet anywhere in the world or in South Africa, they would immediately be able to decide which language they would want to speak in uh, and to communicate with, with each other. The beauty of that is that because we speak, we will speak many languages, English will take its role and its place among in, this, in that community of languages and, and that it will be English that then you speak out of choice and write out of choice rather than out of compulsion because you have got other alternatives you know, in, uh, in front of you. And so the guilt of using English will disappear. The thing with the English language is that it no longer belongs to the English, and I say that as an Englishman, you know. Some of the greatest writings in English lately have come from the Indian subcontinent and other places around the world. Some of the Nigerian writers are writing in, in English, sometimes English, most of the times English as a second language. So it no longer belongs to the English. But access to English is often limited, which means that in some countries, there's a danger of it becoming the language of the elite. 
So now you have a dichotomy in this country. Public universities use Malay and private universities use English. And over the years, what's happening is more affluent families are able to afford to send their kids to private universities or abroad to get English education. The poorer Malaysians have to send their kids to public universities because they are subsidized, the fees are lower. So they end up learning in Malay. So the gap is growing wider, you know, in terms of mobility for children of poorer families. Their ability to move up in the socio-economic ladder is actually being, uh, there's a big barrier now because of this language. And it's a sad thing, you know, because you don't want to see the gap widening because it leads to all kinds of social problems, you know. And uh, I don't think the government has still a clear idea of what they want to do, you know. They're still confused, I think, because of this conflicting pressures on them, you know, from the people who believe that it should be English and people who believe that we should use Malay. There's no doubt that the middle-class elite, which is in charge of South Africa at the moment, regardless of color, even regardless of language origin, the middle-class elite believes that English is the way to go. They, they have their children sent to English medium schools. Uh, basically, they uh, believe that through English, South Africa can be united and South Africa can be uplifted and economically developed. Now, that is false in every dimension. English will not unite South Africa, only multilingualism will unite South Africa, first of all. Secondly, English will not develop the economy. It will develop the economy of those who own the economy, not those who are consumers and the poor and marginalized majority. There's an important ideological uh, policy issue here, which is that as for many Singaporeans, English is increasingly the language of the home. And for some of these foreign talent, especially if you've got talented Singapore, uh, people from America or Britain taking up Singapore citizenship, for them, English is their, what you, Singaporeans might consider a mother tongue. But at the policy level, then, it's still important to maintain the position that English is somehow or other ethnically neutral. It belongs to no particular segment of Singapore society. Um, that's going to be more difficult, obviously, if, you, if the demographic profile of the country changes. But it's important to do that, uh, and I can understand why, because English still is the language by which most people can expect to move up the socio-economic ladder. So because of that, you don't want to see the economic benefits of using English to be associated with a particular ethnic group, because that could heighten ethnic tensions. There's also a concern that the growth of English can undermine a people's culture and identity. Well, you can't study any language for so long without really seeing any deep changes in you, uh, both, both in the way you look at your own country, the way of thinking, exactly, even your lifestyle. So everything is different now. It is causing some kind of identity crisis because you keep asking yourself, you know, is my heart really Chinese now? Is my, you know, you know, psyche, my soul completely Chinese now? Why am I thinking like a foreigner? I believe that for the majority of our young English language learners, English is a tool, a tool of communication. So they, uh, these uh, learners, 
uh, are trying to master the tool, you see, as well as they can, of course. Uh, but for me and a lot of my colleagues who really study language and study language and thought, language and culture, so our view is uh, a little bit different in the sense that we, we agree that English is a tool of communication, but at the same time, we don't. We 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 see that uh, language and culture, language and thought, are inextricably tied to each other. You just cannot separate them. We would believe that you change a little bit in your identity. You have a chance to draw upon two uh, languages two cultures and that would very likely to lead to some change in your identity, perhaps without our knowing it. <laughs>